Today on Blue 58, it is playoff time, and the Packers are finally set to welcome the Los Angeles Rams to Green Bay. Can the Packers take down one of the NFL's truly elite defenses? Can they keep another coach from the Shanahan tree from running all over the place? It is time to find out. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Very happy to welcome you to another episode. Very happy to be with you here on the eve of the playoffs. Playoffs start for the Packers tomorrow, and I'm getting pretty excited. But before we talk about that playoff excitement, wanted to make special mention of a second podcast episode that is in your feed today. It's what I've been teasing here for a couple of days, uh, the special edition podcast. Uh, look back at the 2010 playoffs, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers beating up on the Falcons in Atlanta and the deep roots of that game, how an earlier matchup with the Falcons played a big role in the Packers' ultimate triumph in the playoffs. I hope you love it. It was a lot of fun to do, and I hope we can do more stuff like that in the future. It is playoff time, and nothing makes me feel stuff around football more than the playoffs. I was trying to describe to myself in preparation for this podcast what the playoffs make me feel. It is the closest thing that I can remember feeling to playing actual sports. I think for myself and probably a lot of people that listen to this show and others like it, we watch sports in part because of our connection to them in the past. So I grew up playing basketball, soccer, football, baseball, running track, all of that stuff. And once that time in your life ends, whether it's in high school or in college or if you play beyond college, eventually there comes a time when you can't really do it anymore. You don't have the time, you don't have the ability, your body breaks down, whatever. And you can't ever get that feeling back. Playoff football and maybe the first game of the season bring that feeling back for me. And it's a strange feeling. It's excitement. It's weirdly melancholy in some ways, especially at the end of the year. Because you know, in the back of your mind, there is a chance that this could be it. However confident you might be in your team, whether you're playing or watching, you know there is a chance that something could happen and this could be the end of the road. You're preparing to do your best. You're preparing to leave it all out there. You're preparing to root as hard as you can, whatever. But you know that it might be over. And that's part of the excitement. This could be it. As I was preparing this episode today, I the thought crossed my mind, this could be the last preview podcast of this season. This might be the last time we do this until September. And I'll say right now, I'm feeling fairly confident that it won't be but we'll get to that in a little bit. The big news Packers-wise coming into this game is that Jared Valdir is not going to be around. Signed by the Packers earlier this week, it appears he tested positive for COVID-19 on Tuesday, and now he is not going to be providing the Packers any depth on the offensive line. This is bad for a couple reasons. Bad for that depth and bad from a viewing perspective because we're not going to be able to see what that plan would would have been. Would they have started him at left tackle? Who knows? Would he have ever gotten any reps there? Who knows? We may get to see him next week if the Packers win and if it turns out he doesn't have any symptoms and 
can do all the things that the, the COVID protocol requires that allows him to play. But for this weekend, he's out. But there's a part of this situation that makes me say, you know what? Good. This is the playoffs. Let's roll with the guys that got the Packers here. And if the Packers turn out to be one Jared Veld here away from a Super Bowl, them's the breaks, I guess. Let's dance with the guys that brung us. Let's go with Billy Turner at left tackle and see what happens. I'm confident in this coaching staff to make those adjustments. They've done it before. They can do it again. But let's start on the other side of the ball. How will the Packers' defense match up against the Rams' offense? The Rams will be starting Jared Jared Goff at quarterback this Saturday. I think that is good news for the Packers. I think there is a good chance that the Packers, in general, are going to roll with the late-season running team game plan. So what we saw against the Titans and against the Bears. Load up against the run, maybe allow some shorter passes, but eventually he's going to have to beat you deep. And I think whatever you say about Jared Goff, and I don't even want to bother going into his regular season stats and all that. I think we know the, the book on Jared Goff pretty good by this point. Whatever you think of him, I like your chances if it comes down to Jared Goff beating the Packers secondary deep, repeatedly, in the cold, with a surgically repaired thumb. That just seems like a favorable matchup to the Packers. The Rams do have a strength, though, and it is their run game. They have one of the best running games in the NFL. Top five in the league by DVOA. Their run game is centered around two key components, as most running games are. They're good backs and they're good offensive line. Fortunately, the Packers get a little bit of a break here. Daryl Henderson ended the season as the number nine back in the league by defense-adjusted yards above replacement. That is good news for the Rams. The bad news for the Rams and the good news for the Packers is that he's currently on injured reserve. Cam Akers has been their starter over the last month, and I'm a big fan of his. He was a guy that we identified as a potential good fit for the Packers in the draft last spring. He's got two games of 130 or more yards on the ground over the past month, including one of more than 170. He's a good player, and if the Packers don't bottle him up, it could be a long day. The Rams also have a good offensive line, at least when it comes to run blocking. They are 7th in football outsiders adjusted line yards, They are 19th in run-blocking win win rate, according to ESPN. So where are the Rams vulnerable? I think the passing game is their vulnerability. We talked about Jared Goff already, and we talked about his turnovers on our Wednesday podcast. In every one of the Rams' losses this year, Goff has thrown at least one interception. He will give it away, especially if you can pressure him. What are the odds that the Packers can pressure him? I would say pretty good, especially up the middle. The Packers wire Zach Cruz pointed out this week that Rams center Austin Blythe gave up 29 pressures this season. That is the third most at his position, according to Pro Football Focus. So I would expect a lot of pressure from Kenny Clark and of a lot of rotations up the middle, uh, featuring Zadarius Smith and even probably Rashawn Gary, too. Look for the Packers to attack the middle of the Rams' offensive line. There's an additional weakness here. 
the Rams are one of the worst teams in the league when it comes to converting second and long. So if you get them behind the sticks early, they do not recover very well. That's pretty much what you would expect from an offense that has a bit of a weak spot at quarterback. They run the ball well, but if you need to get chunks of yards, unless they're schemed wide open, it's not clear that Jared Goff can get that for you. I would encourage you to not sleep on Robert Woods. He is firmly the Rams' number two receiver behind Cooper Cup. He has, so far this season, only one fewer explosive play than Cup does. He also contributes in the run game. They will hand it to him pretty consistently. If Cooper Cup plays, and if Jair Alexander is tasked with erasing Cup, I would say Woods is probably the guy to watch. If Cup eventually cannot go in this game, if his knee injury turns out to be too much for him to bear, I think that's another big plus in the Packers' favor. Because I don't know how uh, if the if the Rams have anybody else who can pick up the slack there in the passing game. What about the Packers' offense versus the Rams' defense? This is probably the real story of the game. How can the Packers move the ball against the Rams? Let's start with their weaknesses. Where are the Rams vulnerable? Play-action passing is really what it's going to be. In our Patreon links this week, uh, link to an article by my Acme Packing Company colleague, Peter Bukowski, uh, who dove deep on a nugget uncovered by Mina Kimes, that the Rams are not great against play-action. Rams are 24th in QBR against play-action this year, 22nd in yards per attempt, and 32nd in yards of separation in those scenarios. To translate, opposing teams' receivers can get wide open on play-action plays, and the Rams are giving up a lot of yardage and field position on those kinds of plays. As it turns out, the Packers are pretty good on play-action. I think we've seen that a lot this year. So if the Packers are going to attack... That is where it should probably be. Outside of that, there are really no glaring weaknesses on this Rams defense. They're first in scoring defense. They are fourth overall by DVOA, fourth in passing, third in rushing. Aaron Donald kills people in the middle. Leonard Floyd, the old bear, goes around, goes after him on the outside. And Jalen Ramsey, of course, is the oft-praised one-man no-fly zone. Outside of that crew, I would just like to direct your attention towards linebacker Micah Kaiser. Not because he's particularly good, because, but because he is the second part of an interesting nugget we mentioned earlier this year. The Packers originally held the pick used to select Kaiser. They traded it as part of the deal to select Oren Burks. The Packers have ended up playing against both parts of that deal this season. They traded those two picks to the Carolina Panthers. They played Ian Thomas with the Panthers earlier this year. Uh, He was the other pick that they traded. Just an interesting nugget that you should probably be aware of. Not that it means anything one way or another. I just think it's sort of interesting. Let's take a quick look at the advanced stats here, semi-advanced stats here, production ratio and ball hawks. This should illustrate exactly how good the Rams defense is. Their top five in production ratio starts with Aaron Donald at 1.72. That's insane for an interior defensive lineman. Next up is Leonard Floyd at 1.34. They have achieved uh, the kind of platonic ideal of two players being over 1.0. Right behind those two is Morgan Fox, the defensive lineman, at 0.875. Michael Brockers at 0.67. And Troy Reeder rounds out the top five at 0.5. Four guys at 0.67 or better. 
three above 0.8 or better, two above one or better. That is a darn good pass rush there. What about ball hawks? They do not suffer from the issue we have pointed out with several teams so far this year. Their defensive backs do a good job of getting their hands on the ball. Here is their top seven. Aaron Donald leads the way because he collects a lot of sacks. He's got 18 and a half ball hawks so far this year. Darius Williams, a corner, is next at 18. Leonard Floyd next with 12 and a half. Then it's Jalen Ramsey with 10. Lineman Morgan Fox with nine. Then safety and corner, John Johnson and Troy Hill with nine apiece round out the top seven. This is a really good defense. Diving into the history books, let's take a look at the last time the Packers and Bears played. We've got to rewind to uh, late October 2018. The Packers traveled to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum and fell to the Rams by a score of 29-27. to Packers actually did a pretty good job against the Rams in this game. Kept Jared Goff mostly in check, under 300 yards and three touchdowns, though he did have a passer rating of 111 even. Um, but generally, it was a pretty good effort by the Packers' defense. This was kind of Jair Alexander's first big game. He was following Brandon Cooks all around all day, did a good job on him. Uh, Cooks ended up finishing with uh, three catches for 74 yards. That sounds a lot better than it is. He had eight targets. That means five passes, obviously, fell incomplete. Unfortunately, all of that goes by the boards because of what happened late in the fourth quarter. Rams score a field goal, and the Packers are set to take over with just about two minutes left. But Ty Montgomery decides to bring the ball out of the end zone, fumbles on the kick return, and that turns out to be his last play in Green Bay as he was traded the ensuing week, just ahead of the trade deadline. And I'm still not sure how Brian Gutekunst got anything for Ty Montgomery. So what's going to happen in this one? I said at the top, I'm feeling pretty confident here. Here's why. I think the Packers are going to win. I think there's a pretty good chance the Packers cover the spread of currently six and a half points. I don't know if I'd go so far as to predict it will happen. But I feel like there's a pretty realistic chance that the Packers end up winning by double digits in this game. I think the Packers are strong where the Rams are weak. The Packers like to run play action. They like to put a lot of guys in motion. They like to throw to tight ends. They like to line Devontae Adams up in the slot. Those are all things that the Rams do not defend well. Wouldn't go so far as to say they're bad at it, but those are things that they are not strong at. I think the Rams are weak where the Packers are strong. The Packers, down the stretch this season, have done a better and better job against the run. More importantly, they have done a really good job of forcing quarterbacks with limited skill sets, not bad quarterbacks, limited quarterbacks, to beat them in particular ways. At home, in cooler weather, wouldn't say so far as to say cold, Facing an opposing quarterback with a hand injury, I think that gives the Packers a significant leg up. I would look for the Packers to force the the Rams to throw it as much as they can. 
I would look for them to move people around on offense a lot. I would look for them to put Devontae Adams in the slot and then just see where things go from there. Run a lot of play action. And I don't want to say hope for the best, but just execute and see what happens. Ultimately, this is going to come down to game plan. The Packers have access to all the same information that we have and more. They should be able to come up with a game plan that exploits the Rams' small but apparent weaknesses. If we can find this stuff, so can they. And I'm very interested to see if the Packers can exploit that. I think there is going to be a point where this game does tighten up a little bit. If the Packers can avoid that third quarter swoon, they'll be well on their way to a win. But I like their chances a lot. And I like their chances of potentially putting up a pretty big number on the Rams and advancing to the NFC Championship game. I predict a win on Saturday. And I expect we will get another full week of Packers talk heading into the NFC Championship game. And I'm excited for that. 92.8% of voters in our poll this week predict the Packers will win. That is not a season high by a long shot, but that is as confident as I can pretty much imagine Packers fans being heading into a playoff game. We're seeing bumps across the board pretty much for everybody. People have cooled on Mike Pettin a little bit. He is down to 19% approval rating after being all the way up to 39% last week. That is a little bit understandable in the heat of the moment. I guess it's, it's easy to get excited, especially on an off week. Uh, Brian Gutekunst also trending up. He is over 90% approval for the first time this year. People are excited about this team. I hope you're excited about the season the Packers have had and about what they stand to accomplish over the next two, potentially three games. I'm hopeful. I'm excited. Let's do a couple listener questions, and then I will send you off to your Friday. From Magic Hobo on our new Discord server. I didn't mention that up top. If you are a Patreon supporter, check out the Discord server. If you are not a Patreon supporter, you get access to our private Discord server where you get to enjoy Packers chats with uh, everybody who has joined us there. Uh, I pop in from time to time throughout the day and just talk about what we're thinking about. And uh, we also, uh, it's an easy place to submit questions. So we've got two from the Discord today. So Magic Hobo asks, how do you think Lafleur's history with McVay plays a factor in this week's matchup? If anything, I think it benefits both defenses given that they can better predict and adjust to their similarly offensive-minded opponents. However, I can't decide if it gives either of them a relative edge. I realize that this narrative is is attractive. I don't think it, it really gives either side much of an advantage. I think the things that both Lafleur and McVeigh do are pretty well established, and I don't think that the Packers or Rams are really going to get much of a leg up on either either one of either side just by having some connections to the other team's head coach. Um, I think it does make for a good story. And it is fun to look at how far both of them have come since they were on uh, the Washington staff together. But I, I think looking for an edge here um, is is probably more like ESPN narrative building than uh, than a real thing that you should be worried about. Sir Packer asks on the Discord, is moving Adams to the slot a good tactic against Jalen Ramsey? I think so. I think um, 
if you are letting Jalen Ramsey play the kind of game that he wants to play, you've you've already taken a step in the wrong direction. Devontae Adams can line up just about anywhere and be successful, and we know he can do good things out of the slot. I think if you're forcing or if you move him into the slot, you are forcing the Rams defense to react to you, which is what you want to do as an offense anyway. So do you want Jalen Ramsey to cover Devontae Adams on your terms? Or do you want the the Rams to face the decision of maybe covering Adams with somebody else? I think you do want those things. So I think the quickest way to do that is to move Devontae Adams into the slot, at least some of the time, maybe motion him there, uh, what have you, and uh, you go from there. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of that on Sunday, and I think other people may get a nod from the slot as well. We haven't seen a ton of Alan Lazard in the slot um, since he's come back from injury, but that is another thing that we could see on Saturday. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Alan Lazard get a few more looks than he's been getting in the past couple games this weekend as well. All in all, I'm very excited. I hope you are excited too. We've got a lot to look forward to this weekend, and I hope you are ready for a fun game of football. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you'd go ahead and share it with someone you think would enjoy it as well. That's how we continue to grow the show, you supporting it uh, by spreading the word and, and getting the show out there. And uh, obviously, that's going to help us continue to grow this conversation and ultimately, by getting as many people involved as we can, help all of us become smarter Packers fans, even me. Because as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We will see you next time on Blue 58.